Hello everyone, welcome to this feminist spotlight for Girl at Bongo. Today we're going to be interviewing Miss Eleanor and to get it started, I will ask uh, a few questions. So, um, who is Eleanor and what does she do? And can you tell us a bit about herself? Alright, um, so Eleanor is first and foremost a daughter. So, my parents are a very important part of my life. I'm a sister to many, many people biological and otherwise um i'm a wife to one <laughs> and a mother of two but aside from the family setup and which is clearly a big part of who i am i am a real estate consultant i am a finance consultant and i am also a student of psychology at the university of Dar es Salaam, and a part-time lecturer at the university as well yeah, and I do business. <laughs> on That's, the side. <laughs> That's great. That's a lot of things that we're about to unpack. Um, could you tell us a bit about your passions as a child and give us a little story about how that built up to what you do now? All right. So my passions as a child. So my first ambition ever was to be a nun. But that was after I watched Sister Act. And oh, Whoopi Goldberg was like, yeah, I want to be her. <laughs> And then I went to high school and I read Ben Carson's book and I wanted to be a brain surgeon, but biology and chemistry were not, same, yeah, same. Yeah, they were not, you know, same. so, um, my dad is evaluation surveyor and I look up to him a lot. He is the person with the best work ethic ever. And I wanted to be like him. So I started asking him questions about like, what do I have to study? What do I need to focus on to be like you? And he thought it was all a joke. Mm -hmm. Until fast forward, I present him with university admission papers to do like the course that he did. And, and yeah, so then I went into valuation and I did that. And then I got married and relocated. So I wasn't working with dad anymore. And I went through a whole process of searching myself and, you know, self-discovery. Self -discovery. And yeah, and it was it was quite the journey. Um, you know, moving country, setting up a whole new life, turning everything that you used to know upside down and having to find roots all over again. So I know that psychology has always been my passion, like... I love people watching. Like, I was that weird person that you find at a restaurant sitting in a corner reading a book, just watching people. Mm -hmm. That was me. So, but I didn't want it to be a profession. I didn't want it to be the thing that was bringing in money. So it was always my retirement plan. So after I've had kids and they've uh -huh. left, left the nest and I'm like, what do I do with myself? Um, sort of thing. That was the plan. So retirement came earlier than plan. Yeah, than expected. And... I figured, why not? I took, um, so when I retired from formal employment, mm -hmm. um, I went more into investing. So instead of working for money, making your money work for you. Oh, that's beautiful. And I also went into helping other people get to that point as well. And I took a year off and did a lot of travel with the family and just like wake up in the morning and go sit by the beach somewhere and read emails like you know that whole yeah that whole like thing. pinterest is setting yes. <laughs> yeah but i am not one to be idle yeah so i was like okay we're going back to school this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do it so yeah so i came back to school i'm in second year second semester almost done almost graduating again mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i think that's great your life is like 
um, a nice a nice thing to watch and want to live in. I think um, so. Let's dive into the financial bit of your work. Um, what was it like being formerly employed? And I'm gonna ask you two questions at once. But also, what is the best financial advice you've ever been given, or advice you'd give someone else? All right. So, what was it like being in formal employment? In formal employment, it was the safety and assurance that at the end of the month you're getting paid. So learning to budget sort of like you know how when you're in boarding school you get pocket, pocket money, money yes yeah. and you know that the next visitation is on like in a month or two months so like this money has to take me till then um back then we didn't have the luxury of calling and saying hey i'm out of pocket <laughs> money i need more no yeah. that, that didn't happen so being in formal employment is sort of like that you get comfortable in that monthly cycle of, you know, and then at the beginning of a month you have money and then towards the mid-month you're like, oh my God, this has to stretch till, you know, the yeah, end of a yeah. month. Um, but then there's also that lack of flexibility. You can't do things that you would rather do. So exactly. that nine to five restriction yeah. that eventually over time becomes um, overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, so there's that. Um, so... With financial investment, I found a balance where I partnered with different businesses and I make investments where I get monthly income. And then I up that to investments where I get weekly income and then investments where I get daily income. So then it would make sense for me, instead of spending the capital, I can work within the passive income. So when it got to a point where the salary that I was receiving was the same as the passive income that I was earning, it didn't make sense for me to stay within the restrictions of nine to five. Okay. So then that freed up my time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so the advice that I would give someone is do not save after spending. Save, then spend. So what most people do is you have a budget and you're thinking, oh my God, I have to pay this, I have to pay this, I have to get food, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do that. But what happens is you end up treating savings as residual. Like mm -hmm. if I have any money left at the end of a month, that's what I'm going to save. Mm. But nobody has any money left at the yeah. end of a There's month. There's always something to spend. Exactly. Yeah. So what to do is when you have your money, decide for yourself. What percentage can you afford to do without or squeeze yourself and live within that? So if you say you're going to be saving 20% every month, if you're a religious person and you do tithe and zakah, mm -hmm treat your savings the same way. As yeah. soon as you get it, take the savings out and don't save in mundane things that are not being productive because then that would be rewarding for you. Yeah. Because it will be like, why is the money just sitting there? Exactly. Like I could be doing other things yeah. with it, right? Yeah. So take out the savings and put them somewhere where they're helping you make more money because yes, they're growing more. And you know, the whole thing of capitalization and growing money and all that. And that way, when you get that discipline and you learn to live within the 80%, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's just the way you structure your mind and convince yourself yeah. that you can do this. Yeah. I think it's very unfortunate that a lot of financial education is not provided like in schools. We don't learn these like deep things. We learn stuff like, oh, you should save or capital is any wealth or asset that generates more wealth or asset. But it's important for people to have this information that you have right now, like so that they're able to be like best versions of themselves. So um, I'm going to ask you this question. It might sound like a bomb because most people take this as a very 
derogatory term, but are you a feminist? And if you consider that, and if you say yes, why? All right. Um, before I answer the question, I'd just like to talk about what you said about financial literacy yes, and in schools and everything. What helped me or what I would say was the first thing towards financial literacy was something my mom told me where she encouraged me to write down every single shilling that I spend. Mm -hmm. That way at the end of the week or at the end of the month or at the end of the day, I can sit down and see where my money is going yeah. and where I can, you know, squeeze or minimize or adjust or and it's surprising the things that you discover when you actually sit down and see the numbers and you're like oh my god like yes of how much you spend. yes yeah. and i think that should be a lesson that should be taught like budgeting and journaling should be taught in schools because mm -hmm. that's a very important life yeah. skill to answer your question would i consider myself a feminist or do i consider myself a feminist i think if i said i do not it would be a lie and anybody that knows me would not believe it um, but I also am hesitant to say it because there are very many versions out exactly. there of what a feminist exactly. is. So I am not a male hater. Mm -hmm. I do not hate the male race. <laughs> um, I subscribe to the belief that there is a place for male and female within societal settings. Okay. And there are gender roles that are male and female. I, I also believe that what a man can do, a woman can do. But it would be really nice if we didn't have to. Because that's just how women are wired. Yeah. Because no woman out there, even if we like to think so sometimes, if we sit down and we're honest with ourselves, no woman out there wants to have to do the things that they would otherwise not have to do if a man was around. Mm -hmm. For example, change the plumbing. Change the... Do the driving on the long distances. Or just tell somebody to leave you alone mm -hmm. when you want to be left alone or when somebody's you know just standing up for you like we all like that feeling of opening doors for you and stuff like that nobody can open a door for themselves mm -hmm. but we all feel kind of nice when somebody does it for us right and yeah so i think we all need to understand that you can be a feminist and still appreciate and understand and respect men yeah yeah I love how you started by saying you don't hate men because a lot of feminists are viewed as just people who hate men and they want there to be more of like women on top and then men after. Yeah. But feminism is all about equality. Yeah. So there's distinction between... Sorry, I'm going to stop you right there. It's not about equality. It's about equity. Equity, yeah. Yeah. So equality, we, yeah, we can yeah. never yeah, we achieve never be, oh, yeah, yeah. equality. It's equity. So yeah, yeah. So it's about being fair. Yes. It's about being fair to like both genders. So yes. yeah. Thank you for the correction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to end up the interview, is there something that you'd like to say to anyone who's listening or just something you want to get out there? Um, the best thing that you can do for yourself is be authentically you. No one's perfect. Accept your flaws, own them, and use the energy that you would otherwise be using beating yourself up to strengthen your strengths and be a better version of who you are because you're perfect just the way you are. Exactly. I think that's so important because a lot of us spend a lot of time self-hating and being like, why am I not this? Why am I not that? But a lot of that why could be in how can I get better and, you know, loving yourself for your life. I think that's a beautiful way to end the interview. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And you to everyone watching, I, I know that you just enjoyed this because I did. I had a beautiful time learning about you. And I already feel so much wiser after these few minutes we've talked. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye.